For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For all the author of Smith bashing that I can do, will do, and will do in the future, you know, listen, it's Christmas, right? So I mean, Ghost of Christmas Past, Ghost of Christmas Present, Ghost of Christmas Future. I want to redo that, but all of the, every single ghost is just me yelling at Arthur Smith. Yeah. Arthur Smith when he's a coordinator of the Tom Titans. <laughs> Arthur Smith now as head coach of the Falcons. And in the future, Arthur Smith, like offense coordinator from the from high school. Yeah. Um, stop it with the commanders. No, never <laughs> high school. That's he's going to be like, Rivera out Smith. Exactly. He's going to be a coordinator. It's also to He's going to be a coordinator like the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, Arthur Smith don't care about Christmas either. If he ain't giving B. John Robinson the ball, you think he care about Christmas? Oh, no, absolutely not. He's stocking full of coal for Arthur Smith. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher. No coal on this desk, fellas. Only for Arthur Smith. The man can't get through a show without being uh, catching a stray. No, they're not that stray. They're not strays anymore. They're actually no, direct they're, hits. No, they're direct hits. They're, they're not strays. They're intended for... Stray is just like you're aiming something else and then it goes... Uh, no, no, no. These are all directed at Arthur Smith. We're going to go to the Combine, the three of us, That's I true. believe. We're going to go to the Indianapolis Combine. Well, it'll be interesting. Be it'll be NFL Combine. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see. That we're going to go to the NFL Combine. And what happens at the Combine? This is a true story. What happens at the Combine, I was thinking about this the other day, is that all, not all, but many of the NFL, current NFL head coaches and general managers will address the press. They will hold like 30-minute press conferences. And it's like 20 or 30 people there. You sort of just gather around these podiums and sort of for 30 minutes – you can just sort of pepper them with questions. It's usually the local beat writers, and it's a combination of local beat writers who ask very specific questions, and then just complete randoms who ask the dumbest questions of all right. time. You know, what's your favorite and, color? Well, favorite karaoke song? What's your favorite? Yeah, what's your yeah. favorite color? What's your favorite karaoke song? It'll be stuff like, um, like uh, pick a head coach. Literally pick any head coach. Like Shane Steichen. Right. Shane Steichen will be up there, and they'll say something like, Shane Steichen, after a year with the Colts. You used to be with the Eagles. What do you think about Jalen Hurts' play last <laughs> year? Actually, it's exactly and you'll be like, like, and it'll be like, Shane Steichen's like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I like Jalen Hurts, but I, I'm focused on, you know, yeah. Anthony Richardson and, and Gardner Minshew, and I didn't watch a lot of Jalen Hurts last year. Yep. But it'll be like some stupid Philadelphia reporter that will come to Shane Steichen's press conference to ask about, did, did Jalen Hurts take a step back without you there? And Shane Steichen. That like, actually will 100% the, happen. Yeah. Yes. So it's dumb stuff like that. So anyway, and every once in a while, somebody like me, or there's a couple other guys that'll do the two that we sort of sneak in a fantasy question without asking a specific fantasy question. We'll just sort of pipe in with a, like with Shane Steichen, like, hey, you know, um, did you see enough from Alec Pierce that you feel like you've got to, you know, wh- what did you think about Josh Downs? Can he be a true number two? Or are you looking to improve that position in the draft? Something like that that's really kind of a, it's a fantasy question disguised as an NFL question. But I'm, mark my words that if Arthur Smith is still the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons and has a press conference, I will point blank ask him about Bijan Robinson. I will ask him if I don't if, if somebody doesn't beat me to it first. But I will point blank ask him that question. Just like, hey, you know, I'll have whatever stats I need, and I'll be like, hey, for the majority of the year, you played out. Tyler Algier got more snaps and played more snaps in the red zone. Is that because you thought Algier was better? You know, like, right. um, why did that? Do, sure, I'll do, take do, that. Well, do you regret? I don't care. But that's <laughs> what, my point. Is I don't care. Because it's a question that needs to be asked, and I don't think he's been asked it directly. Like, why Why is that happening? You yeah. know, like, anyway. No, that, that's fair. And hopefully when we fly... And, if, in- if that, and the answer is, is, yes, we thought Algier gave us the best thing. Do you, then the follow-up question is, do you regret using the eighth overall pick on a running back? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. When you had Tyler Algier, a 1,000-yard rusher as a rookie, on your team? Yep. 
And hopefully when we fly to Indianapolis, we can go via Milan so Matthew can show uh, the world his uh, tight little top um, that he's wearing today. <laughs> tight top? It looks fantastic. It is a tight, listen, I, it's tight little top. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it, is a, it is a, it's is a, it's, what's the Jimmy Fallon thing? My tight pants on? Yeah. It's my tight sweater on. This is a sequel. I, um, what can I tell you? It's the holidays, <laughs> as you guys know. So I wore, I wore a very ratty sweatshirt to work today. Sure. Because, uh, listen, I was writing Love, Hate, and it's just it's super comfy clothes, but it's like it's not appropriate for TV. Um, it's just, it's right. It just looks crappy, right? It just, yeah. it looks like, you know, what an old man wears uh, while he's writing late at night. And so, because I assume there'll be something nice for me waiting for me in my dressing room. And so I got here, and this is what was waiting for me. This very, very... It's nice. It's a very... No denying it's it's, nice. It's very nice. It's just, it's a size or two too small. It's the holidays, and so we've got, you know, different people. It's not the usual... Uh, cast of characters in terms of wardrobe there, and I, I don't know. I think some signals got mi- mixed up. Wardrobe under the bus on the bingo yeah. card. I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not throwing Say wardrobe hi to under Arthur the bus. I'm, just, I'm merely saying <laughs> you're no, become good friends. You're asking me why am I wearing a a shirt that's too way too tight for me, and the answer is because this is what was in my dressing room, and by the time it was too late to change to anything different, and just. Some signals got mixed up. I'm yeah. just saying, like the wardrobe people do here, a great job. Oh, I fantastic. love them. They are amazing. Um, they make me look better than I have any right to. Yes. Make no mistake about it. Yeah. But yes, just you should ask wardrobe why Tyler Algier gets so many characters. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> and that. Arthur Smith why your wardrobe was a little right. tight. So I'll, I'll just keep it all together. Um, but I'm just I whatever. Some signals got mixed up somewhere somehow in the in the you know the holiday exchange and. Whatever, I'm in, a, I'm in a shirt that's two sizes too small. I love it. I really hope we get our combine credentials, by the way. <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah. yeah, after all this nonsense. <laughs> we absolutely will. We'll be there. I don't think this will come to fruition because I think one of two things will happen. I think either Arthur Smith gets fired because uh, I don't think the Falcons are making the playoffs, and I think they should have. Um, and so I think, our, I think there's a chance that Arthur Smith gets fired. Or, honestly, I think if he doesn't, I don't think he'll show up and take questions. 100% yeah. agree. Yep. I don't, he won't go to the combine. So there, there are definitely some coaches that clearly avoid the combine and that will easily just like, like some select few local media will get invited to have a pri- – like that happened with Rivera for a number of years. Like in Snyder and the, the commander's front office would never take questions publicly because, you know, right. everyone would just – so they would like a few friendlies, if you will, local, local media that they That's knew weren't going to – like, and they would just off to the side. Like you'd get invited to like some private little – uh, conference room, you know, for a, a quick little Q and A. I'm going to prize that's a favorite. That's what will happen with Arthur Smith. I, Arthur Smith will not face the public. I'm going to prize a favorite that Arthur Smith is back next year. Remember Dan Quinn got kind of an extra year when it felt like he was, it was over. Arthur for him. Blank, a patient man. Yeah, I think so. And also, he's no quarterback. There's enough to fall back on. Anyway, that's my uh, two cents. I think he'll be back. I think we'll what be doing this again next year. What would you set the odds? It'd be pretty close. Been. Yeah, maybe like minus one thirty. Yes, and then plus one ten the other side. Dinner at the Combine as to whether or not Arthur Smith sure. is the, cor- is the uh, there. Is there. Good. Yeah. Done. There you go. Yeah. Connor has, yeah. yeah. has to go Dutch, right? It's just St. Elmo's. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. St. Elmo's. It's fine. Yeah. St. Elmo's Prime 47. What are you, what, you know, 47 Prime. Sorry. Um, what a company one. trip. We'll Incredible betting. No, but either way, we both agree Connor has to pay for himself. Yes. Like either I'm buying yeah. you or you're buying for me, but yes. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Going with NBC. Yeah. So that's fine. There we'll be all right. All right. By the way, it's week 16's Love Hate. If you've made it this long, we are doing Love Hate today. Some are saying one of the last Love Hates ever. Nipples. This is so tight. <laughs> the outline. Look at this. Your the outline. That's why I made the Milan comments. Exactly. Very much so. It's yeah. uh Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Look, I hope I don't get banned Steven. by Instagram for this for this nipple look. Before we get to love hate and more of the nipple. I wonder if I'll, I wonder if I'll get a deal with Fashion Nova. Maybe. Maybe. So. Or Bang so. Energy. Bang Energy would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's on the couch. Let's get into the Roto World player news. Here are the notable injuries we're tracking. And of course, for all your player news, go to NBCSports.com. We start with the Sunday games, and this is just part one, folks, so buckle up. C.J. Stroud still in concussion protocol. Same with Trevor Lawrence. Tyreek Hill not practicing with the ankle. Nico Collins not practicing with the calf. Zach Moss with the forearm. Kenneth Walker and Raheem Mostert. All three are not practicing with Raheem Mostert. This is veteran rest for the most part, as it's been with him for a couple weeks now. Devon Achan still with the toe injury. He didn't practice, although he played through that last week. Alexander Madison still dealing with, dealing with the ankle. He didn't practice, and the same could be said for Ramondre Stevenson with his ankle injury. Let's go to part two now for more DMPs. Brian Robinson still not practicing with that hamstring injury. Jaden Reed and Christian Watson, the notable Packers wide receivers, not practicing either. Watson, it's been a hamstring now for a couple weeks here. Levis with the knee injury. He is not practicing. 
Joe Flacco was limited with the calf. Aaron Rodgers on the injury report. We know he's not playing. Michael Pittman with a concussion. He is now back in a limited capacity. Geno Smith with the groin practicing full. Geno will be back under center for Seattle. Jonathan Taylor is the big one here, Matthew, with the thumb injury. He practiced in full. It looks like Jonathan Taylor will be back while Zach Moss is still not practicing. Yeah, which is, you know, great news as well. You, 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 would, you would like uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, back against the Falcons in a game that he needs to win, that the Colts need to win to keep their playoff hopes uh, continuing. And so this is great news uh, as well, especially, by the way, again, you never want to root for injury. But I think that if I was a Jonathan Taylor manager, I would feel good about the fact that Zach Moss feels unlikely to play and that now Taylor's only competition in his first game back for touches is – Trey Sermon or, you know, Tyson Goodwin, right? We decided Goodson, it was Tyson right? Goodson. Tyler Goodson. Tyler yeah, it's Goodson. Goodson. Yeah. We, it's Goodson. Day three it's the, of yeah. Goodson watch. Yeah. I don't know why I can't get that guy's name right. I apologize to I Mr. Hope he has three touchdowns. To Mr. Goodson. Yeah. I hope he does, There's too. There's a chance he won't be right against Pittsburgh. Yes, he did. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, but anyway, it feels like Jonathan Taylor is due, you know, back at practice already should get a big workload. Yep. The, the, the only thing with Taylor is that, so when he spoke to the press just about half an hour ago, <clears throat> he had like a giant T-shirt wrapped around uh, his hand and thumb, so uh, like a giant kind of oven mitt situation. Look, I'm sure he'll be probably okay, but that is just one thing to monitor. Even though he is full practice, he says he needs to see how it responds during practice. So Yeah, that's probably just, to, just so people don't want to shake his hand. Yeah. He's probably a germaphobe. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's probably what yeah, that that's is. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 By the way, as we're recording, it's come in a couple of reports that today will dictate if Taylor plays. Okay. His practice today, how he feels with the thumb. Uh, so tomorrow so, we'll have a big update on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so you know what? Ignore what I just said. Well, we'll see tomorrow on tomorrow's <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I like the Zach Taylor reference, though. That's if you handcuffed them. Yes. If you have both of them, you yeah, just you say, I'm going to coach Zach Taylor. Coach yeah. Zach Taylor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There we go. All right, how about Saturday's injuries that we're tracking? Obviously, these are a little bit more pressing Keenan Allen with the heel injury. He's still not practicing. We know Jamar Chase is not going to play with that separated shoulder. He didn't practice. James Cook didn't practice. They keep practice. holding out hope, though. I mean, I don't think he's playing either, it's but they, they won't. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, just yeah, they're, yeah. James Cook, he had an illness, but the good news is why he didn't practice yesterday. He is practicing today. So right. more on James Cook during Love Hate. Kenny Pickett and Dalton Kincaid both practiced in a limited capacity, while Jake Browning, Najee Harris, and Pat Fryermuth all practiced in full. Back to Chase here, Matthew. This is one of those situations where it doesn't sound like he's playing this week, but it could extend further. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it looked like a serious injury, and so, I mean, I guess we'll we'll see. You know, the poor Bengals, by the way, if they can win this game without Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I mean, like, hats off to, you know, Zach Taylor, I think, has coached his ass off this year. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, they started slow, and that's on him as well, but the fact of the matter is, is that he's rallied this team and got them He's, and he, I think he's done a great job of coaching up Browning and putting that offense in a place where he can execute it and not ask him to do too much. Um, their defense has hung tough enough. Uh, so I think Zach Taylor's done a really nice job. I like them to beat the Steelers this week. I do think they, they can do that. I think that's going to be a close one. Um, and I do think, because this is how fantasy works, that after a year of me just completely bagging on Najee Harris... Yeah, right he, now he's playing for Jay's team against me in the final. Yeah, I got to start him as well. There's no one else. Yeah, of course, of course, he's got him three touchdowns. Yeah, he's going to have a monster game against me yeah, because against that's the Bengals, how Bengals run defense. Yeah, DJ Reader, I love it. Come on, Najee. Yeah, stick the knife into Matthew and <laughs> his tight top. <laughs> Come on, exactly, exactly. Just get wrapped up with all the all the fibers and the threads yeah. here. Uh, exactly. <laughs> right. He could like just yeah twist it in there. Exactly. Uh, right. You might not be able to penetrate with a knife. It's so tight. No, this is so tight. It's it's it is kind of like armor. On. It is yeah. a little bit. It is a little bit. Right. Uh, anyway. Um, so uh, anyway, that's those are all the uh, the injury updates. We'll know a lot more tomorrow. And the other thing that's interesting here that's helpful: fantasy football pregame Saturday, a one to three o'clock Eastern. So a special edition of fantasy football pregame before the Saturday shows right before uh, Bengals-Steelers, that'll be on NBC and Peacock, and then that leads into, of course, Bills-Chargers, that is exclusively on Peacock. I'm a company man, uh, Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And so we'll be here Saturday, and we'll, have a, we'll be able to get you up to speed, up to date with the Saturday games, all the Sunday games right there on Saturday from 1 to 3 right here on Fantasy Football Pregame. Use the hashtag FFPregame to get your question you can answered. Turn on Peacock at 1 p.m. and... You don't have to change anything. You don't have to change it. It's a beautiful there. thing until you go to Just, bed. Yeah, exactly. 12 exactly. hours of Peacock. 12 hours of Peacock. And if you need me to send over an intern or like Penn State Blake just to bring you drinks, I will. I will do that. 
Just yeah. let us know. Send, just tweet at us. Tell us your address. I'll send Blake over there. Yeah. He'll get you what you need. Interesting. That's the most respect he's ever given Penn State, Blake. Distinguishing yeah. him from an intern. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good for like, you, Blake. Didn't fall in the same That's a big the step for Blake. Yeah, Wherever he is, Blake's not yeah. getting credit for this. Yeah, Blake's not here today. Yeah. No. no. He's had enough of once again. He's he doesn't make it to Thursdays. All right. Love hate running backs, and that brings us back to James Cook, who headlines the loveless James Cook. Drinks free today, and we'll get to more of that in a second after these sweet James Cook highlights here, Matthew. Uh, He's got the Chargers. Nice matchup for James Cook. Comes in as RB what for you this week? RB3. Again, after last week's game, you're like, really, Barry, you love James Cook? No kidding. But but again, love-hate is all about expectations. Play that we think exceed or fall short of expectations. And obviously, expectations for James Cook are high. I don't think they're third best running back in fantasy high. But the truth is, is that since Joe Brady took over as their coordinator in week 11, he has been the third best running back in fantasy, averaging over 24 points per game. He's got, uh, he's basically averaging 21 touches a game. He's got a 15% target share in that stretch. And by the way, you mentioned the Chargers over the last month. The Bolts allow the six most fantasy points to opposing running backs uh, in terms of fantasy. So James Cook, who missed practice yesterday because he was sick, drinks emergency for free or whatever flu drink you would like to do. By the way, uh, emergency, not a sponsor of the show, but, you know, your logo here could be. Pretty good idea. Yeah, just something to think about there for the uh, good folks over there. Uh, but anyway, James Cook on the love list, top three running back play this week, assuming he plays. Yep. So yeah. there's been a little bit of Christian McCaffrey MVP buzz because coming off the massive game against the Cardinals, which personally I just don't agree with. He just he's a running back. He does not affect the game the same way that Brock Purdy does or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whatever. James Cook has the same total EPA this season as Christian McCaffrey. Like, James Cook is having a monster running back season. It's gone a little bit under the radar, I think, until last week. But 60-plus uh, points combined the past two weeks, four games in a row of 16-plus points. I mean, he is as good as any running back in the league outside of thinking McCaffrey right now. Yeah, and by the way, we've talked about this, but he's actually left some points on the board. As good yeah. as he's been, he's actually left some points on the board. There have been a couple of miscues that, you know, he's gotten cleaned up and good for Joe Brady and the staff to going back to him, you know. They benched him for one series because of the fumble, and he, he had the bad drop down the sideline, which would have been like a 60-yard touchdown reception, something like that. But still, James Cook, I think so much of the attention in Buffalo has been about why isn't this team performing as well? Why are they underperforming? Stefan Diggs hasn't been as good as we expect him to be. Are they going to make the playoffs even? So James Cook's uh, performance has gone under the radar until that statement win against Dallas last week. But, yes, should keep it rolling against the Chargers here in Week 16, just in time the fantasy semifinals our next one here Rashad White Jay Rashad White the second half of the season has been one of the best running backs in football and fantasy football yeah he's been an absolute monster and he's not just relying uh on being a PPR merchant which he was for a time I think the key for Rashad White is that Baker Mayfield is playing the best that he has in what three four years and he's just unlocked this offense where now all of a sudden uh it was like you know grinding your teeth just to get anything going but now all of a sudden they are in scoring position more often uh they have a bit more of a running game now and they get a matchup against the jacksonville defense that is really scrambling yeah no question about that jaguars allowing over 28 fantasy points 25 fantasy points per game and 140 scrimmage yards to running backs over the last month and you think about rashad white since week seven right since week seven he's averaging over 20 touches a game a 13% target share, and he's the fifth best running back in fantasy with at least 17 fantasy points in seven of the last nine. He comes in at running back five for me this week. You see it there on your screen, just kind of the, the consistent production that Rashad White has given you week in and week out. Our next one here, our last running back that makes your top ten, Matthew, Brees Hall. It's been a tough go of it for Brees Hall in the Jets' offense recently, but the fact is, as we've said all week, the matchup with Commanders gives you hope. It, it doesn't give me hope. It gives me joy if I have Brees Hall. Like, again, nothing, nothing spells Christmas like the commander's defense. They give it away uh, just like Santa. They've allowed at least 100 yards from scrimmage to a running back in five straight games. My commanders have. Every running back, literally every running back, to see at least 12 touches during that span has scored at least one touchdown. And, they, and, and that stretch, they allow 31 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. They're bad. They have tuned out Ron Rivera. They have made their reservations for Aruba. They're just killing time. They're just punching the clock. I don't blame them. They want to get out of the season. We all do, right? And i got to be honest with you. If you look at their upcoming schedule, right, they, they, play, uh, they play San Francisco next week, the Commanders, and then they play the Cowboys. And it looks like the Cowboys are going to need that game potentially for seeding, especially with the Eagles keep losing. Like there's yeah. a chance that Week 18 game comes down to who wins the NFC East. 
um, and that the Cowboys will need to win that game to uh, potentially win the NFC East. So here's your chance, Washington, to lose this game and lock in a top five overall pick in the NFL draft, possibly even three or four. Like, they've got a real shot here. This is the only game that the commanders really, truly have a chance at winning. So you guys know what to do. Hey, Brees Hall, may I introduce you to this lane? Oh, no, would you like that lane? That's good. That lane looks good, too. That's fine. Just, you know what? Like, just, you ever seen the, the it's like a little a gif, I don't know what you would call it, but the, the gif of the, the security guard, the old fat security yes. guard is just doing, you know, this, we, come in, like, not even We already saw this. The Eagles ushered him right. into the end zone. So uh, yeah, more exactly. That. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for, Washington. You understand the assignment. We're not trying to win any of this. We don't need, we don't need this game. Our season's over. You know what to do. You know what to do. Reese Hall's going to have a big game. Yep. Now, the Commanders' run defense has been better, but still just doesn't feel like it's a real team at the moment. Uh, and I think that if it is, it doesn't look like it's going to be Zach Wilson. looks like it's going to be Trevor Simeon yeah, at this point. Yeah, the right way So I Zach suspect Wilson. that they, uh, they won't be dropping back 45 times with Trevor Simeon. No, no and, and they'll just bump off something for him game. as well. <laughs> yeah, just get through the yeah, Just get the clock going. Feels like the Commanders win. No! <laughs> it does. Stop it. Blast Nine, six, Commanders. Yeah. I don't no, understand no, no. why they're Absolutely not. Dogs. 17 Sam Howell, Sam Howell gets sacked, fumble, defensive touchdown for the Jets. That's all you need. Keeps the command- closes the commander's lead to 21-7. Yep. to 7. <laughs> so. All right, a couple others receiving votes. Uh, we mentioned Devon A. Chan on the injury report with the toe earlier, but he played through that last week. He's got Dallas. Top 20 play for Matthew. Chuba Hubbard also makes the list as a top 20 play. And then Tajay Spears against the Seahawks here, Barry on uh, the back end of playable running backs. Yeah, we'll start with A-Chan, who gets a nice matchup with Dallas over the last month. Cowboys allowing 16 or more rushes of 10 or more yards. That's fifth most in the NFL. We just know what kind of a big play guy A-Chan is. He's had a, almost a 20% target share since he's returned in Week 13. Chuba Hubbard keeps getting a ton of work over the last month. He's averaging over 23 touches a game. Packers since Week 10 giving up 158 rushing yards per game. And finally, Tajay Spears, he gets more work in game in which games in which they are trailing. Tennessee is the underdog in this game in their last seven losses. Spears playing 57% of the snaps since week 10. By the way, the Seahawks allow the third most receiving yards to running backs. Obviously, Spears is their uh, passing down back. Seahawks are favored in this game. They should be down. Who knows how much work King Henry gets in this one. I do think Spears is a... You know, he's, he's more of a desperation flex. Let's be clear, it's the, it's the Week 16 playoffs. He's only my running back 34. But if you're in that range, I do think there's some upside with Spears this week that there wasn't maybe, maybe necessarily last week. Yeah. Also, I don't think there's any real downgrade for the Tennessee offense if it is Ryan Tannehill instead of Will Levis. Certainly doesn't, doesn't impact the spread. No. All right, we go to the hate list, that, which is headlined by Austin Eckler, who's had a tough go of it this year and with the Chargers offense. Easton Stick under center. Keenan Allen still hurt. This is an offense that's really going through it, Matthew. They got the Bills where they are double-digit underdogs in this game. This is one of the toughest ones I really struggle with. Look, we love Austin Eckler. He's been on the show multiple times. Um, He is somebody who is a friend of fantasy. He's not only appeared on our podcast, but on multiple fantasy podcasts. He embraces the fantasy community in a huge way. He's legitimately, jokes aside, he is an investor in FantasyLife.com, my startup. So I have a business relationship with Austin Eckler. I love Austin Eckler. Top to bottom, absolutely love him. But Austin Eckler is a very astute fantasy manager in, a, in addition to one of the best running backs in football. And a, an astute fantasy manager, Austin Eckler, would tell you that running back Austin Eckler just hasn't been up to snuff lately since week 11. He's just running back 32 on a points-per-game basis with single-digit fantasy points in four of the last five games. He's played below a 60% of the snaps in two of the last three and uh, it's not a great matchup. Over the last four weeks, Buffalo gives up just the third fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. So Eckler, who has all sorts of talent and has said the right things to the press, wants to finish the year strong. He's playing for a contract. He understands the fantasy implications better than probably any player in the NFL. So he wants to end it strong. I have him inside my top 20, just barely inside my, you know, it's like I'm like at running back 21, like right there on the, on the edge, but he makes the hate list. I got As much as I love the guy and, you know, I have to call it like I see it, and I think he would he would understand that as well. Yeah, I think the issue too is not just that it could get out of hand quickly and he might be, it might be a, a redux of last week where in the fourth quarter, I mean, he still played a couple snaps in the fourth quarter, but it was pretty much the Isaiah Spiller show at that point. But it was early in the game, 
he wasn't getting all the work. Like, they were alternating series. It was Eckler, it was Kelly, it was Spiller. So I just don't, like, think probably as well just with his physical state. Now, he has looked better, but still he's been dealing with injuries all year. I just he, don't think in a meaningless game they're just going to run him 20 times. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he's healthy. And I want to be clear about this. I have no inside information. I haven't talked to Austin in, in quite some time. So I have no inside information on this. This is just me watching the same games and the same film you guys are. He just he doesn't look right to me. This is a guy who's one of the toughest and most explosive running backs, pound for pound, in the NFL, and he just doesn't look like that guy. He's to me, he's gutting through it. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, chances are, if you made the playoffs, you did it despite or without Austin Eckler, not because of. So, hopefully, you have better options. But if you are forced to start him, I think he's a borderline RB two that you hope gets into the end zone. Our next one here, Jay, James Conner. For Conner right now, I mean, he's got Chicago, which is tough against the run, but he's not impacting the game as a pass catcher at all since he's been off the IR. Yep, there's that. There's the fact that Chicago's run defense is top two in the NFL with New England. And then there's also the fact that Kyler Murray, he just vultures so much of the goal line work in terms of rushing, where Kyler is almost the best rushing threat as a quarterback near the end zone. Arizona's been incredible at converting their red zone opportunities into touchdowns, and Kyler Murray is the biggest part of that. So James Conner is just a far cry from what he was at the start of the season with Josh Dobbs. To your point, Conner, about the passing down work or lack thereof, in the five games since he's returned from IR, James Conner has nine receiving yards, like total. Like, that's not what he's averaging for a game. Like, he, that's total. They're, just, total they're just not using him in the passing game the way they have in previous years. And the other thing is, is you might say, oh, but like he, he produced against San Francisco last week. Yes, he did. But not till the end of the game. Not till that game was well out of hand. And I just don't think the Bears offense, though I like them, I don't think they're the explosive kind of offense the way San, San Francisco is. I think Arizona's going to be able to keep this semi-close, which means that I don't think the Bears all of a sudden are putting in their second-string defense and all of a sudden Connor's running against backups in a game that's meaningless. Like, I think this will be semi-close towards all the way through. So he's just playing running back 28 this week and uh, don't love it. Literally one running back. One running back has rushed for 75 yards or more against the Bears this year. It's, it's a terrific defense. Our last one, Javante Williams. He's got the Patriots. And while New England's been one of the worst teams in football, Matthew, they have completely eliminated running backs in fantasy over the last month. They haven't allowed a running back rushing touchdown since week 10. No running back since uh, in the last four weeks has rushed for more than 46 yards. Like, not a high bar to clear, and yet still no running back has rushed for more than 46 yards against the Patriots. They actually allow, over the last month, 2.6 yards per carry to opposing running backs. That's best in the NFL. And then you're like, okay, yeah, but Clyde Edwards-Zilaire had a good game against them. Yes. There was a, a dump-off pass for 48 yards. It was kind of a busted coverage. And then he caught, you know, like on a, on a scramble play that was, you know, where uh, uh, Mahomes extended the play in the red zone like he does brilliantly. You know, found him in the back of the end zone for a jump ball that where Edwards Elaire was probably like the fourth option on that play. It was just, in other words, it was like two fluky plays that sort of made CEH's day last week against the Patriots. And otherwise, they've been really, really good defensively. I have Javante Williams because you still see a little bit of Samaj P. Ryan and Jaleel McLaughlin in this one as well. He's running back 30 for me this week. Yep. The other issue there is it's not just that the Patriots have an amazing run defense. It's that their pass defense isn't very good either. So that's how you attack New England. And it's that combination that just makes it so difficult for teams to actually run with success against the Patriots. Find another way to celebrate the holiday season by being a part of Premier League festive fixtures. Beginning on Thursday, December 21st, we'll have 29 matches over 13 days on NBC, USA, and Peacock. So check out all the thrilling moments from creative set pieces to scorching shots and amazing saves. It's the gift that keeps on giving. We're Look taking how our first. Smiley, break. they are. They're <laughs> very, very happy. smiley. Very happy bunch. A bunch of good-looking teeth right there. More love, <laughs> hate after our first break. Right after this. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You have the most touchdown receptions for a rookie receiver in the 64-year history of the club. Um, I mean, that's huge, you know, for the club. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't really, not necessarily... You know, come just to break rookie records. Uh, there's a lot more on the table for me, uh, and you know, I'll eventually keep you know clearing milestones as I go along. Love hate pass catchers. That was Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice tops the love list for pass catchers here, Matthew, and sneaks in as a top ten wide receiver for you against the Raiders this weekend. 
Yeah, uh, look, Rasheed Rice over the last four weeks has been the fifth best wide receiver in fantasy. 30% target share in that stretch. He's had at least seven receptions in all four games. It turns out that if you play with Patrick Mahomes and will actually catch the ball, good things can happen. What's nice is, is it feels like they finally have confidence in Rasheed Rice to run all the routes. That his route tree is expanded enough that they can put him out there. 95% route participation in week 15. I expect that continued against the uh, the Raiders this week. He's my wide receiver eight in week 16. So it's felt for a while now if the ball isn't going to Kelsey, Rice, or Pacheco when he's healthy, just bad things happen in Kansas City. And now we're finally seeing that streamlined, uh, particularly to Kelsey and Rice. Did you see uh, – it, it made the round of the internets, and I know you're very popular. You love, you love going on the, you know, on the internets and the interwebs, like okay. looking at all the, what the hip yes, kids where's do. This going? Did, you see, uh, did you see Taylor Swift? I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but she's dating Travis Kelsey, who plays mm. for the Chiefs. So she attends a lot, attends a lot of the games. And – there was a play where Travis Kelsey just, you know, where the, it didn't go the Chiefs' way. Yeah. And they cut to Taylor Swift, and she said a word. She a said a bomb. Huh? A little f bomb from Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I can, I'm not good at reading leaps. Can yeah. you tell me what she said there? Uh, no, I can't tell you what it was, but I, uh, I have an inclination that it's not a, a nice word, Matthew, and not really in tune with what she normally sings. Any about. ideas? No, I'm I'm 14 years old. I don't <laughs> say curse words. Oh, got it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, was she mad just, at the refs? Or was she mad, what was she mad at directly? I don't know. I didn't watch that. I, you know, again, I, I have filters on my social media so that anything, uh-huh. any bad words get filtered out. So that's what I was asking you guys if you could tell me what she said. I like that look from Taylor. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, passion. What's yeah, the, a different, uh, different angle to her persona, so right. to speak. Just a little bit of a bad girl. Yeah. Just more that. human. Yep. Exactly. When yeah. she said. Whatever she said. I think it was the word. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, at any rate. Uh, so what I would say yeah. is, um, uh, is that I feel like that's what Patrick Mahomes says when anyone goes to, um, it was a long way of saying that I, I feel like if he doesn't throw it to Rasheed Rice or uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, I feel like that's what he says in his mind when he sees the ball bounce off of like MVS's hands, you know, or, uh, or Kadarius Tony's hand, you know. He seems like a man at the end of his tether. Patrick, yes. uh, and I think that's probably why he, uh, after the Bills game, kind of lost his mind. <laughs> Completely I don't think that was about the offsides. I think that was about uh, MVS against Philadelphia and Kadarius and Sky Moore against Detroit. It's all bubbling up for Patrick. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Kadarius did it again against the Patriots, by the way. At some point, he's just not going to be there anymore, surely. Or yeah, I think at some point it's potentially this week, but maybe yeah. this offseason. Yeah. I don't know. Patrick's saying all the right things in the uh, post-game presser, yeah. presser, but... Um, Anyway, start Rasheed Rice this week, by the way. It'll be interesting to see if I get any pushback on, you know, I, look, all I'm doing is quoting America's Sweetheart. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. Most famous person in the world. Allegedly, she yeah. said that. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, allegedly. She could said that was bad luck. Yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. It was just a guess on my part. All right. Next one, Jay. Mike Evans against Jacksonville. He's wide receiver 10 for Matthew. This Jacksonville secondary has been messy now for quite some time. Yeah, there's a couple of things here. One, Baker Mayfield playing in an above-average quarterback level uh, pretty much all season now at this point, coming off the best game of his career against the Packers, effectively. Now he gets the Jags defense that just seems completely broken at the moment. The way that Joe Flacco was able to cook them, not to mention Lamar Jackson. Uh, they just don't, and Jake Browning as well, had the game of his life against the Jags. They just don't have to anything in the secondary. Well, you think about how good Evans has been this year. You know, and he he was coming off of two seasons where he'd been a little bit down production-wise as well, right? I mean, he's now scored in five of his last six games. He's had ten end zone targets over that stretch. And so you think about the production this year compared to the last two years. Jay, I think it's fair to say that Mike Evans is playing with the best quarterback of his career. Is that fair to say? <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. Not exactly fair. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying if you look at the numbers, you know, yeah. I'm just saying. Tom he's Brady having, the other one in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I'm yeah. just I'm just saying like the numbers with whoever that guy was. Listen, if you stack up, with if you uh, stack up Baker's stats this year to Brady last year, it's not that not that different. Now Brady had more volume and I think Tom Brady's better, but still I'll Baker's take. playing at a really solid level. No, I'm obviously joking. Obviously Brady is the goat. He is the true greatest of all time, but Evans has had a ton of production with Baker Mayfield. There is some sort of connection there between the two of them. They've got this offense humming, and you mentioned the Jaguars' secondary, which has been banged up and wasn't that good even when they were healthy. They have allowed the second-most touchdown passes uh, on deep passes this season. Only one team in the NFL has given up more deep touchdown passes this year than the Jacksonville Jaguars. So far this season, Mike Evans' average depth of target is 14.3 as well. And so 
Jacksonville, who uh, has given up at least one touchdown in 13 of 14 games this year to a wide receiver and the fifth most touchdowns overall, should be a good day for Mr. Evans at the office. I am as a top 10 play this week. I personally rank Jameis's 30-30 season as my favorite Mike <laughs> Evans quarterback one. It's unbelievable. He was chucking it. He's produced with every whoever quarterback it is. Do you think, here's my question, yeah. when they review this tape and they yeah. decide to fire me between now and tomorrow's show, do you think it'll be the F-bomb? Or do you think it'll be the joke where I, I suggested that Baker Mayfield was better than Tom Brady? That was way more off color. Yeah, that's what yeah, I think yeah, so. Exactly. That's more offensive. That. Yeah, I would think possible. so. I would think so, too. Like, whatever. You know. You're sitting in with HR, and they're like, the Tom Brady. I'm not sure HR gets itself. past the first 10 seconds of the show where they say the shirt you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. It is. It is. It is. It is very sort of Skinamaxy. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, you know, it's very, you know. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. So, DJ what's Moore. Next, what's uh, yeah, DJ Moore is next here. Uh, yeah. So it's week 16. I'm punch drunk. Yeah. It yeah. is what it it's is. Yeah, you're go. feeling like the it's end of love playoffs. hate. I'm just, yeah. I, I can see the, I can right. see the horizon. One I can more? see the end. One I can see the end. I don't, one more love hate. One, one last show. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I just, I don't know how it all ends for me. I just know that's ending soon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> potentially one last hurrah this season for DJ Moore against the Cardinals. Uh, not very good pass defense. 31st in the NFL since week seven. They just have nothing. They have no prayer. Now, I understand DJ Moore didn't do much against Cleveland, but no one does much against Cleveland. This is one of the best pass defenses of the past 20 years. Still goes 4 for 51, but I suspect with a much more favorable matchup with how Justin Fields has played since coming back from his injury, DJ Moore should be in for a big game. Bottom five, the Cardinals are. Bottom five are the Cardinals in receptions allowed, yards allowed, and touchdowns allowed. Two perimeter wide receivers, which of course is where DJ Moore lines up the majority of time. Since just in every game in which Justin Fields has been healthy this year, DJ Moore has a north of 30% target share. He looks for number two early and often. It's a great matchup against Arizona. I'm at wide receiver 14 this week. Nobody happier, fellas, than David Njoku, that Joe Flacco is officially <laughs> sticking around. Matthew, I mean, the numbers for Njoku with Flacco are just absurd, not to mention the matchup with Houston is beauty. Yeah, it really is. Houston's bottom five in terms of most receptions and yards allowed to opposing tight ends. And you think about the three starts that Joe Flacco has made, and suddenly David Njoku is an elite tight end. 28 targets in those three starts uh, for David and Joku, he's averaging over 19 fantasy points per game. He's got three touchdowns in those three games. He was so clutched down the stretch against Chicago as Cleveland came back to win that game. And so I'm as a top four play this week. And, you know, he's right up there. He's just great matchup, ton of looks, talented player. Give me David and Joku in the fantasy semifinals. Really strong matchup. Houston, since week seven, they've been elite against the run, number three run defense in the NFL. Uh, by EPA per play, but they've been terrible against the pass. They're a bottom 10 pass defense. And also, I think the key with Flacco is that there's just not a ton of quarterbacks you can just drop back 44 times and throw. And I think for all his flaws, for the interceptions, they've shown that they will let him drop back and fling it. And that's what he's been doing. So there's just been a ton of passing volume. And Njoku really is the biggest beneficiary. It seems like they have the strongest connection. By the way, it is insane that the Browns are 9-5. and five. It's not just that they're on their fourth quarterback. They're missing half their team. Like yeah, all, the They've lost line. all their tackles. Yeah. Their defense is super banged up. Like uh, Kevin Stefanski is starting to get some buzz for coach of the year. I think that's warranted. He should be in that discussion. So. I was just going to say, I feel like he's not going to win just because the Browns aren't a sexy team. Stefanski's won this award before. He's, um, he's not like a media darling. But if you look at the resume... He's right there. This team has no business being 9-5. and five. Also, it's not like they've beaten up on a pretty bad schedule. The, Kevin Stefanski had P.J. Walker and beat the Niners. Right. Like, he's, he's beaten a ton of good teams. He went into Baltimore and won that game with Deshaun Watson having a fractured shoulder and a high ankle sprain in the second half going 14 for 14. Like, they have some quality wins, uh, and they just seem to gut these games out. They make the right decisions. He's aggressive on fourth down, great play designer. Uh, he's done a fantastic he's job. Doing, he's doing it with a quarterback that literally was on his couch a month ago, and... You've, you know, a lot of people want to mention he's done it with four different quarterbacks, as you mentioned. He loses a starting quarterback. The offensive line's been beat up. The defense has been beat up. Oh, by the way, Nick Chubb has been out this entire yeah. year for the most part. Like, that's his best player. Yep. I mean, that's that's the best. Let's forget pure... about that because it was in so week two long ago. Exactly. But, like, Nick Chubb is just a massive part of any offense. Like, he's one of the best running backs, pure running backs in football, if not the best. And yep. so to lose even a player of that caliber, let alone your starting quarterback and, you know, 
he's done a terrific job. There's no question about it. Yeah, and there's a chance, like, they're favorites in this game because CJ Stroud is out. That's trending towards three. Then, you know, they play in primetime Thursday night next the Jets. week. They'll be the New York Jets. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Simeon or Wilson, whoever's left. The Browns will be six to potentially even seven-point favorites right. in that game. If they win those two to go 11-5 and five and clinch the playoffs, like, it's an amazing, amazing season they're having in Cleveland. Unbelievable. And, and that's why David Njoku comes in as tight end four, but right behind him is Trey McBride at tight end five here, Jay. We thought... Hollywood Brown would be the big beneficiary of Kyler Murray's return. It's been Trey McBride. It has been, and he showed that he was able to produce even against the vaunted 49er defense. And I think, to your point, Connor, he's the big beneficiary of Hollywood Brown is not happening. This hasn't happened at all with Kyler Murray. We thought that Brown would explode in the second half of the season. That's not happened. Instead, Trey McBride has been the beneficiary, and I think he's going to be an elite tight end option for for a couple of years yet. I think think it'll be a real debate next year in dynasty formats whether Laporta or Trey McBride go one or two. I mean, among tight ends in in dynasty formats, Hawkinson will be in the mix as well. But uh, McBride and Laporta in startup dynasty next year, I think those guys, it's probably going to be Laporta and McBride. But... Look, Hollywood Brown, I think, hasn't been healthy. He's yeah. been sort of gutting through stuff. He hasn't played a full complement of snaps. He's just not healthy. But um, since week eight, Trey McBride has four different games with at least eight receptions and 80 yards. Kelsey and Hawkinson, this entire year, have four such games combined. Think about that. In the la- since week eight, four different games that are eight for 80. Kelsey and Hawkinson, on this entire year, have combined for four games of eight and 80. That's just how good Trey McBride has been. Titans that see at least six targets against the Bears, averaging over 15 points per game. Since Tyler Murray returned, Trey McBride is the number one tight end in fantasy football. He's my tight end five this week. A couple others receiving votes. Calvin Ridley, Jordan Addison coming off a monster week. Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Darren Waller, and Pat Fryermuth, who is now uh, looking healthy, fortunately. Barry, who jumps out on this list for you? Let's talk about Calvin Ridley because that should have a little bit of an asterisk. I'm assuming that Trevor Lawrence is going to clear the concussion protocol and be active for this game against the Buccaneers. If he were out, I certainly would feel less good about the Jaguars passing attack. But with Zay uh, Jones banged up and uh, no Christian Kirk, uh, Calvin Ridley now has a 27.5% target share in the last two games. Buccaneers have allowed the second most yards and fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. I'm at wide receiver 24. Jordan Addison, look... I know the touchdowns last week were a little fluky, but over the last four weeks, Lions bottom 10 in terms of most fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Nick Mullins has a little bit of effort. I'm going to throw it wherever to his game. The one place you can attack the Jets is the slot. We've talked about this because Reed and Gardner are so good on the perimeter. So Curtis Samuel, who's had a nice kind of run here, 26% target share over the past three weeks. He comes in at wide receiver 36 for me. Tyler Boyd, we've talked about this. By the way, during the commercial break, it's official. Jamar Chase officially not going to play on Sunday for the Bengals. Zach Taylor announcing he has been ruled out. So Tyler Boyd gets more opportunity with Chase out. There's a 27% target share that's up for grabs. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, to the slot this year, allow the fifth most yards. Obviously, Boyd plays the majority of his snaps out of the slot. Fryer Booth, we've talked about this. Like The Bengals are bad against tight ends. And so even though it's going to be Mason Rudolph under center, that's another thing that came in during the break. Kenny Pickett officially ruled out, so it will be Mason Rudolph under center for Pittsburgh on Saturday right here on NBC and Peacock. Tune in for that. Browning, Rudolph. It doesn't get better than that for December football. Um, But listen, you're a degenerate. You're going to have fantasy playoffs and betting on the line. You're watching anyway. Let's be clear. 34% target share when these teams played in week number 12. He went 9 for 120 against the Bengals. And Dalen Waller should have a really nice matchup against, against the Eagles. Uh, you know, Titans that have seen at least six targets against Philly are averaging over 16 fantasy points per game. We move to the hate list here, Jay, headlined by Terry McLaurin, who's got a trip to MetLife on Christmas Eve against either Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed. We saw Reed struggle against Waddle last week, but the bottom line is the Jets' perimeter corners have shut down a lot of wide receivers this year. Yeah, it seems like TJ Reed was uh, unwell during right. the week as well. And look, Terry McLaurin got right against the Rams. A lot of that was garbage time, though, and I just think that against those two boundary corners, probably the best combo of boundary corners in the NFL in Reed and Sauce, it's going to be tough sledding for Terry. Garbage time with Jacoby Brissett because yeah. in the last four games with Sam Howell under center, he's averaging 6.4 fantasy points per game. I don't want to risk it in the fantasy playoffs. He's my wide receiver 34. Uh, we talked a lot about the Bengals uh, Steelers game Deontay Johnson also makes the hate list Connor he's my wide receiver 35 look Mason Rudolph kind of have to say it there as well I also think touchdown regression the fantasy production from him has come from the touchdown he's had six straight games with four or fewer receptions so 
in essence, 40% of his fantasy production over the last three weeks have come from touchdowns. If he thinks he gets into the end zone, you should start him. But I'd say he doesn't. He's my wide receiver 35. Our next one here, Adam Thielen, Matthew, against the Packers. Just makes it into the top 40 wide receivers, but this offense in Carolina is going nowhere fast. He's averaging 45 uh, yards per game with zero touchdowns since week six. And over that stretch, he's wide receiver 47 on a points-per-game basis. Don't love the matchup either. He's my wide receiver 38. Our final one, Jay, Dalton Kincaid, who's been a little banged up. He's got the Chargers. I mean, since Dawson Knox has been back, surprisingly, Kincaid's production has gone down. That hurts. Also hurts that they are north of 12-point favorites against the Chargers, and they just had the best rushing game of Josh Allen's entire career. So I suspect they'll continue to lean on the run when they are leading. Last thing, by the way, as bad as the Chargers have been in almost every aspect of football, they're actually pretty good against the tight end over the last month. They're allowing the six fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So Kincaid, whose production has definitely dropped with Dawson Knox back, he's outside my top ten this week. We close out with the quarterbacks, which is headlined by your man, Jay, Brock Purdy against the Ravens. I don't know if it matters who the 49ers play. Purdy's just been dealing in this offense. He has been. He's a monster. I think he can lock up MVP with a win over Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football. And I think this offense is just so good and rolling that they are almost defense-proof. No weather expected in Santa Clara on Monday night either. So it's all set up for Brock Purdy to have a big game. You know, I was talking to my friend Marcus Grant over there at NFL Network, does a great job, and he said to me, you know, tired, Brock Purdy for MVP. Wired, Christian McCaffrey for MVP. Inspired, Trent Williams for MVP. Yeah, look right. at their, Listen. look at what they did over the three games that Trent Williams missed versus... Uh, Listen, Trent Williams affects the spread as much as Christian McCaffrey does, and Purdy's significantly more than both. <laughs> Fair enough as well. Purdy's a top four quarterback play for me as well since week seven. He's averaging 10.9 yards per attempt. That's more than two full yards than any other quarterback. The, uh, the Ravens are a bottom 12 defense in terms of most fantasy points allowed to opposing QBs. Matthew, it's good to see Mahomes back on the love list. It's not been the fantasy season we have come to expect from Patrick Mahomes, but he's got the Raiders this week, a team he usually enjoys playing against. Three of the last four games, the Raiders have allowed at least 250 passing yards and two touchdown passes, including to the stick man, your boy Easton Stick there, Jay, as well. Since the start of the 2021 season, uh, Patrick Mahomes averaging over 24 fantasy points per game against Las Vegas. I am his QB5 this week. Jay, Justin Fields has Arizona. We talked about how bad that secondary is, but Fields rushing, obviously, is a nice little bonus in this one, too. Yeah, but it's the rushing. It's the fact that the Cardinals have a bottom two pass defense over the past couple of months. Fields should go off. These are the types of teams that he eviscerates. Matthew, the one you brought up earlier about Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence, if he can clear, he makes the love list and comes in as QB8. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, teams that face Tampa Bay, are averaging 36 pass attempts per game that's tied for the fifth most in the NFL and four of the last five quarterbacks to face the Buccaneers have thrown for at least 250 yards. The only one who did not is Bryce Young. Baker's playing at a high level, so I do think this is kind of a shootout between the two of them. I do like Lawrence if he's off the concussion protocol against a pass funnel defense of the Bucs. A couple of others receiving votes. Tua Tungavailoa comes in as QB9. 51 is the point total for Cowboys-Dolphins. That's the highest total of the week. More on that on what's on tap tomorrow at the happy hour bar. Baker Mayfield against Jacksonville. He makes it in as a QB, uh, QB 10 this week. We talked about the struggles with Jacksonville's secondary, especially against the deep ball. And finally, Nick Mullins here, Matthew, against the Lions defense. Nick Mullins, for his faults, does not lack confidence. No, he certainly does not. And the Lions allow touchdown passes at the sixth highest rate this season. They're giving up almost 20 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks over the last month. So Mullins, in a game which he will have to throw to keep up Detroit, uh, I think is a viable QB2 this week. Baker Mayfield, I mentioned him. Last four weeks, Jags bottom three pass defense. They're allowing over 262 passing yards per game. They've, uh, they've given up at least 18 fantasy points to the last four quarterbacks they face. That includes Joe Flacco and Jake Browning. So I like Baker and Trevor in a kind of a shootout there between the Jags and the Bucks. Jay, Sam Howell headlines the quarterback hate list. For Matthew, he comes in as QB 22. We know what the Jets' defense has done to quarterbacks. Even last week, Tua didn't have a big fantasy week under center against them. No, and it really was the one bomb throw yeah. to Jalen Waddle where Jalen Waddle just got loose. Uh, suspected Sam Howell, to your point, no one has good games against the Jets. Even Josh Allen has played them twice. Patrick Mahomes has played them. It's not like they're just beating up on bad quarterbacks. Uh, so I think Sam Howell will have his work cut out for him. I don't know if there's anything. Listen, I'm playing you in our fantasy semifinals. Sam Howell has carried me much of the year. I am benching him this week for Joe Flacco. Yeah. That should tell you everything you need to know. Our final one, Russell Wilson, Matthew. He comes in all the way down the list as QB 20 against the Patriots. This game, Patriots-Broncos, is the lowest point total of the week. Yeah, and I actually like the under. I, I mean, as bad as that is, I, I just say, 
Uh, since week four, Russell Wilson has one game, literally counted one game with more than 225 passing yards. Um, over that stretch, he's 21st in pass attempts as well. And since week 10, the New England Patriots allowed just 12 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So that is pretty low uh, as well. Russell Wilson is just merely QB 20 for me this week. The countdown is on for a very special edition of Fantasy Football Pregame. Barry J. and Lawrence will be live this Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern leading into Football Night in America. The showtime might be different, but the hashtag isn't. You can still tweet us using hashtag FFPregame. We're going to one more break. When we're back, last call. We got our best bets for Thursday Night Football. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It is time for last call. Let's take a look at the most bet player props, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings for Thursday night football. Puka Nakua, alternate receiving yards, 25-plus. The odds on that is minus twenty five hundred. Who who is doing this? There's got to be someone betting three million dollars on that, hoping to get a quick buck. It's a tough three million dollars sweat, though. Yeah, I just I, I, something, something. You never want to root for the book, but I'm rooting for the book one. in this one. That is number one. That I'm is the most bet player doing? props. It has what to be handled. Got a couple Cooper ca- uh, Cup bets on the board. We got a field goals made bet. Puka Nakua alternate receiving yards, obviously also popular. We have a fifty plus for that. Jay. Kick us off with something different, please. Firstly, good job, Connor, not saying no, Lucas Haversick's <laughs> name. If that Haversick, uh, hard Haversick. pass. Yeah, yeah, no, I like it. Uh, I'm not going Rams centric. I'm going with Chris Olave to have 120 plus receiving yards at plus 750. Woo, a bomb. So, yeah, no, a little bomb. I just don't think Chris Olave should ever be that prize in a dome in a game where they are underdogs expecting to need to throw against a Rams pass defense that is worse than their rushing defense. Olave, before the Carolina game, had 119, 114, and 94. Three games in a row. So he's right there on the knocking on the door. I think you can have a big game tonight. So it's 120. Yeah, 120 plus receiving yards, plus 750. Plus 750. I'm also going with Olave. I really like that as well. I'm going over his longest reception is 22 and a half. He's hit that number in three of the last four games, by the way, and no team in the NFL has allowed more receptions on deep passes yeah. this year than the Los Angeles Rams. So to your point, I think they're going to be throwing a lot, throwing a lot to Chris Olave. I think he gets uh, one, at least one long deep one. So give me the over on 22 and a half as Chris Olave's longest reception tonight for my best bet. I'm going to take Cooper Cup over 73 and a half receiving yards on the Saints. They are good at outside corner. The good news for Cup. He's played over 50% of his receiving snaps in the slot. So he's, they're going to attack the Saints defense where they're a little bit vulnerable. Cup is a great player. He's had a massive last two weeks going over 100 yards. You're really not supposed to get him at 73 and a half, but they're respecting the Saints defense. McVay will game plan around that. 100% I will. With our last uh, remaining seconds here, I just have a very important question to you guys. Should I, um, should I start an OnlyFans? <laughs> what do you think? What's the should audience? I, there, I don't know. Matthew? I'm just asking. Fantasy yeah. advice. Just, yeah, <laughs> with, fantasy the, advice. With, uh, with some spice. Yeah. Some fantasy advice with some spice. Tice fantasy slogan. advice. Tice <laughs> fantasy advice. Hey, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We got football tonight. Good luck in the playoffs for Jay and Connor. I'm Matthew. Peace out.